This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello, and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. I'm Tom Ruich, and today's episode is titled, How to Reframe Your Story So You Can Earn What You Deserve. As always, I'll kick off this episode with a story. Last year, a business coach called me because she wanted to find a better lead generation service. She helps clients find connections on LinkedIn and turn those connections into customers. She'd been using a third-party service that worked well, but she said it worked too well. One of her clients had to pause the service because it was generating more leads than he could handle. So now the coach was looking for a new service for a similar client. Why are you looking for a different service, I asked. That first service seems to have worked pretty well. Well, cost, said the coach. They doubled their onboarding fee. The service used to have a $750 onboarding fee. Now it costs $1,500 to get started. Wow, a 100% price hike. An extra $750 up front. That seems like a lot. But then I asked... How much is a new customer worth to this client? What's the average annual revenue your client gets from a new client? The coach replied, "Uh, about (laughs) $30,000. So, okay, let's pause for a moment and, and play this little game. Imagine you have a nickel and I say, I'll give you a dollar for that nickel. Would you do it? Well, of course you would. Now imagine the very next day you have a dime and I say, I'll give you a dollar, but this time I want that dime. I'm just guessing here, but I think you would not say, forget it. That's twice as much as I paid yesterday. I think you'd take your 90 cent profit every time, even if it costs you a nickel more to earn it. So back to the budget conscious business coach, if the service has a proven track record and customers are worth $30,000 each just in the first year, and it costs only $1,500 plus a small monthly fee to generate the qualified leads, the odds seem to be in her favor. So I asked her, if you continue with the twice as expensive service, how likely is it that your client will get at least one additional client next year? She She replied, it's pretty likely. Spend an additional $750 with confidence that you'll land at least one additional $30,000 client? I'll take those odds every day. That's a decent investment. Important word there, investment. But some people, many people, don't think of their marketing budget as an investment. They don't calculate the odds. They don't anticipate profit on the other side or whatever the positive outcome may be on the other side. They think of marketing 
only as a cost. And if a vendor doubles the cost overnight, then some buyers decide that's unacceptable. That's a fixed budget mindset. And it's a mistake. If you choose to market a business with a fixed budget mindset, you'll save lots of nickels and you'll miss out on lots and lots of dollars. You may balance your five cent budget, but you won't grow your profits, which leads me back to the title of today's episode, how to reframe your story so you earn what you deserve. The world is full of prospects with that fixed budget mindset, and it's full of coaches, consultants, and other service professionals who bow to that mindset. They set an hourly rate. They burn only as many hours as their client's fixed budget allows. If they have to work a few hours over to deliver the promised outcome, they eat the time and don't charge for it. My guest today, Susan Trivers, used to operate that way, but no longer. She spent 10 years struggling with time-based billing. She faced significant debt due to huge account accounts receivable, and she never had control over her revenue or workload because she was set, she was setting her prices wrong. And then she discovered a better way. She now works with business people to implement what she discovered for her own business. Susan Trivers has designed a modern value-based pricing method that works for every services firm. Over the last dozen years, she has helped firm owners achieve greater profitability increase the life-changing innovations and improvements they deliver to their clients and earn more while working less. And today, she's going to tell us how she does it. So Susan Trivers, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Tom, I'm so thrilled to be here, and I love how you set this up. So let's get started. Yeah, value-based pricing. What the heck does that mean? I'll start by saying that for services firms, let's define that for a moment. These are companies who have knowledge and expertise that they use to deliver life-changing value to their clients. So we're not talking about retail or products um, of any kind, food, et cetera, knowledge-based services. So Mm -hmm. most knowledge-based services firms choose between two different pricing methods the first, as you talked about so clearly, was hourly-based, time-based, which is usually implemented uh, by using an hourly rate. And the other is value-based. And the point of value-based is that you, your firm, promises to deliver some kind of life-changing value, I'll talk about that in a second, for a <clears throat> particular fee that's commensurate with that value. Excuse me. So if you're delivering a lot of value, your fee should be high. Mm -hmm. And not every buyer will want that. You got to know that going in. But my advice is let those buyers go like the fixed budget people that you were talking about and find the people who do want life changing value and are willing to pay the fee that's commensurate with that value. Can I talk for a minute about life changing value? uh, Yes. Bring it on. (laughs) So, you know, let's let's start. This is a very common, uh, a familiar kind of business, our accountants or CPAs. Uh-huh. And most people have some experience with them, tax preparers, you know, whatever. But and they charge by the hour. So you think, well, you know, I need the, my tax return done every year. And how can a tax return be life changing? Uh-huh. 
The smart accountant says, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Business Owner, when we do your tax return and do it accurately and timely and submit it to the IRS, you know, just when it needs to be submitted, you now can put that out of your mind and turn all of your attention and all of your efforts and energy to building your business. That is life-changing value from a tax return. Yeah. Think about the same thing for, let's say, a web designer. You're a company that needs a new website and you want something that is, uh, you know, is whatever the current trends are. It changes all the time. And that brings people into your business. So the web designer who does a great job delivers that kind of website and that changes your life. Mm-hmm. In other words, it gets you more clients. Uh, who appreciate, you know, your current level, your cutting edge level of service. And that's what I mean by life-changing value. And when you talk about reframing the story, it's the providers need to talk like that, not just we're delivering a website or we're delivering a tax return. Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty of it. And that's, and that is why we connected so well when we first met. What we recognized in talking to one another is that in many ways, we're doing the same thing in, in slightly different lanes. We are helping businesses figure out how to articulate the life-changing value that they deliver. And that is all about the story that you tell. The story that you tell about your prospects. You know, you were talking about the accountant and, you know, uh, there are multiple stories. We say this all the time in story power marketing. When you really dive in and discover the story that is driving your prospects, it's multiple stories. One story is you're going to have time now to focus on all that stuff in your business that you haven't had time for. Another might be, when was the last time you took a vacation with the family during spring break? Well, it's been a long time because you are always scrambling to get those tax returns done or, you know, and and it might not be about vacation, but, but that's the idea. The service that that accountant delivers, it's not about just tax filing. It's about the impact on that client's life. And you're all about, it's not just about a system switch from hourly to value-based. Right. That's that's the that's the entry point committing to the system. It's about storytelling and and reframing the story. And and I learned that the hard way. Um, and I, I don't want to I don't I don't want to say the hard way, but we were having a conversation about what you do. And I referred a couple of times in our conversation to what you do is, oh, you help you help your clients implement flat fee billing. And you said, no, 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 do not call it flat fee billing. Talk to me a little bit about why you said that and what the what the point of that is. Yes, absolutely, Tom. Thanks. So there are times when a company will provide, and we're talking about services companies, knowledge-based, and you provide some kind of service that is um, rarely customized or doesn't have a lot of depth to it, and you know because of your expertise, how long it should take and what's involved. And it's just a, it's sort of a once and done kind of thing. And we can say that you can charge a a specific fee, no matter who the customer is, or 
You could have a few discriminators like um, size. If you're a lawyer, for example, you know, a, a company that needs an LLC, for example, that's a hundred thousand or a hundred or five hundred thousand dollars is probably, you know, one set of efforts and a bigger company is a bigger set of efforts. So you can have different prices based on the client size, but you charge a fixed fee or a flat fee for that thing. We're going to get you enrolled, whatever the legal terminology is, as an LLC done, and then you're, you're good to go from there on. So yep. there's, that's a flat fee or a fixed fee. The point of value-based pricing is that you are looking at what a customer or a client needs wants or desires that is going to have a big impact after the fact. Mm -hmm. That's the value that you deliver, the life-changing value. So, and, and that the work requires, I'm going to say customization, that's sort of an overused word, but you know, what lawyer says, okay, we're going to set you up as a corporation and it takes, you know, three steps and boom, you're done. You know, that's not the case. There are so many variables. So the right. lawyer says, we will set you up as a, as an, as a corporation, which has many benefits, life changing benefits over the existence of the business. And the value to you is, you know, millions of dollars or more. And our fee is based on that value. Mm -hmm. However long it takes, but we'll deliver this to you. And usually there's a time period. So it's not forever, but. So that's a value-based fee that you're putting more uh, of your knowledge and expertise into it. And you deliver this life-changing value for a predetermined fee, perhaps is a better way to, to think yeah. of it. It's not a flat fee, but it is known in advance. Sure. And so that's what, that's a little bit of like where the confusion is a flat or fixed fee and a predetermined value-based fee. Well, I think that might be helpful. So. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, you have, you know, you can have a menu of services and that have a fixed or flat fee. And then you can say, you know, beyond that, everything is personalized or customized to the client's needs that will deliver life changing value to them. Yeah, you are, you are not running a cafeteria, you know, no. pick no. this, pick that, you know, and so forth. You are a service business providing unique and customized value exactly. to each client and establishing pricing based on that is right. critical. Telling a story that, that, that really emphasizes, emphasizes that is critical. And, and so I can already hear the voices, the people out there who hear this and think, I don't know, you know, uh, I don't, Hourly is so clear, you know, the connection between the effort I put in and the agreed upon rate. And I worry that that my prospects and my clients are going to balk at this. I worry about them having sticker shock. I worry about turning away those prospects who are in that fixed budget mindset. Yeah, they're fixed budget, but I don't want to turn them away. <laughs> how do you how do you answer that concern because I've had conversations like this with with businesses who really get stuck in that hourly mentality and are frankly afraid to take the step you're suggesting they take. 
yes, there are people who cannot conceive of paying anybody for anything except by an hourly rate. Mm -hmm. uh, so whether this is going to be popular among your audience or not, I don't know. But my yeah. philosophy is you work too hard to take any customer no matter what. So you get to choose who your clients are. And if you have to choose not to serve certain people who only want an hourly rate, that's your choice. You're the owner. We're talking about, you know, there's a privately held company where the owner can decide whatever they want. And so I'm, I would say to an owner like that, oh, what about the people who only want to pay by the hour? And I would say, well, if you don't take care, take them on as your clients, which involves keeping track of the hours and billing and blah, 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 all the other things that go along with hourly billing, you will then have more time and more energy to take care of the clients who love the idea of getting life-changing value. That's so nice. stop yeah. worrying about the lowest end and focus on the highest end. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's helpful to think of a product as a, as an analogy. So I'd like to just mention Rolls Royces. Sure. People spend, you know, a half a million dollars on a Rolls Royce. Yeah. It gets you from here to there, which is great, but so does a you know, much less expensive car. It gets you from here to there. But the Rolls Royce carries with it a lot of messaging. And there are people who want to deliver that message, those messages to their, their world, their circle. So they happily pay, happily pay a half a million dollars for a beautiful car because that tells other people about them. There are business owners or, you know, the clients of our owners that we're talking about who have that same attitude. I want the best. And I can afford the best. And so I'm going to find the best provider and get the very best. And I want to talk a little bit. I tend to rattle this off and I'll take a moment to pause or go one by one. As a service provider, you can meet your clients' needs, their wants, and or their desires. Mm -hmm. So needs. Every business needs to submit a tax return every year. Every business needs to have a website. Every business needs to have, um, you know, certain legal documents. Every business needs to have, well, not every business, but certain businesses in certain industries must have uh, inspections, like safety inspections. That's one of the, those are some of the providers that I work with. Mm -hmm. They do safety inspections. Well, their, their customers need to have safety inspections. So those are needs. That's not optional. I can't want it. I have to have it. Those are needs. And the provider says, okay, we'll meet your need. We'll have a start date and end date. It'll cost X because that need is a value to you. There's a life-changing value. Then you have wants. <clears throat> oh, I would really want, really want a, an advisor who looks at my accounting, um, all the work that they do, the financial statements and tax returns and blah, blah, blah and tells me what they mean. Mm -hmm. That's somebody who has a, a want. I want to understand my financial statements. Yep. So beyond being in compliance with the IRS, they want advice. So yeah, and and, and, and yeah. In, in story par power parlance, we talk about that journey from yeah. one emotional state to another. What they want is to move from 
darkness and confusion to light, clarity, and confidence. And when you start talking about it in those terms, now all of a sudden it's so much more than number crunching and tax filing. Right. You know, I I love what you said about from darkness to light, clarity, and whatever. What did you say? Um, Confusion to clarity and confidence. Okay, confidence. So exactly. So a business owner who says to their accountant or an accountant who suggests to their business owner clients that we can move you from, let's say, darkness, which is just send in the return. And I don't care what it says, but be, you know, be, don't get me in trouble or avoid trouble to, I want to understand what that is. That's clarity and confidence. And they have a reason for wanting that clarity, clarity and confidence. And the accountant who provides that has significantly increased the life changing value of their work, their knowledge and expertise. Mm-hmm. And they should get paid for that. Now, so that's, that's a want. Now you have, let's say the same business owner says, I desire to grow my business such that it can be sold for a big number in five years time. Mm-hmm. And among other helpers, you're going to need an accountant to help you do that. Yeah. And so that's a desire. And the accountant who can say, well, I know what you have to do from the financial side to have a, uh, a desirable business to buy for a seller or for a buyer, then they're meeting the desires of that owner. And the owner should be willing to pay uh, appropriately for that. And that's where, you know, the story comes in where the accountant has to tell a story about what a difference, you know, their work over the next five years is going to make towards selling. You know, most business owners who sell, they either want to buy another business, start another business, or they want to get out of this business so they have money to do something else. Yeah. Well, that's a desire. And the accountant who says, hey, you know, I'm going to get you there is providing a huge value, life-changing value, and should get paid for it. And there is no way that an hourly rate charging by the hour is is fair compensation for that meeting that desire. You deserve more. You deserve more, just like you said. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope that every other kind of business owner, services company owner who's listening to this can apply this idea to their own business. Because, you know, I I would say the accountants are just a small portion of my clientele, but I have, you know, many creatives, creatives in a wide uh, range and many subject matter experts and they all have clients who could identify three separate things, their needs, their wants, and desires. Mm-hmm. And the smart provider says, we'll meet your needs, we'll help you get your wants, and man, we're going to just blow the, the, you know, the sky out of your desires. Yeah. And what, what I love about this, Susan, is that by offering this framework, the business owner now has a way to define value, not for the, just for the sake of setting the price for the client, but for the sake of overcoming their own resistance and discovering their own value. Because you can't do this. You can't take this leap until you believe in your own value. Right. And one of the things I really discovered as I've worked with coaches, consultants, professionals, uh, thought leaders, 
is that they're so darn good at what they do. And yet when it comes to talking about it for the purpose of marketing or extending it to talking about it for the purpose of defining a value-based price, they're not convinced of their own value. And that is at the heart of the resistance that they have to marketing or to setting that price. So can you talk a little bit about the work you do with your clients to help them overcome that resistance? Sure. So I have developed a five-phase or five-step process. So let me say this really uh, clearly that I do not ever advocate flipping a switch from time-based to value-based. <laughs> yeah. um, Repeat that, please. Because yeah, no, that you do not important. try to flip a switch. It's not like, <laughs> and there you are. It yeah. took me one year mm-hmm. to first, you know, to research and move through the various steps or mindset of, oh, I can't do this. Everybody else does it by the hour. So how can I change to, well, here's some reasons why I would want to change that are benefit to me. Then to, here's some reasons why I would want to change that are benefit to the client to, well, here's how I could begin to get close to what's the, I use the word commensurate. It's a sort of an odd word, but I can't find another one that works. A fee commensurate with the value. Right. And so if the value is here, fee should be there. And if the value goes up, the fee goes up. So I took me time to figure that out, which is a key part of my methodology. And mm-hmm. then I had to figure out how to start talking, telling the stories to prospective clients and existing clients who were used to paying me by the hour. So and to yourself, right? And, and to, to myself, yeah. yeah. Well, right. You know, when someone says, well, why should I pay you by the hour? You got to be able to not fumble and mumble and say, well, well, you don't have to. <laughs> you know, right. you want to know your yeah. story, know your story. So so to our listeners, I'm saying it's it doesn't have to take you a year because I provide a lot of guidance. So I say that usually within six months, a firm can begin to ad- implement value-based pricing. So the first step is just what you've been talking about, Tom, which is the owner's mindset, and I call that step commit. Mm-hmm. And we can spend a lot of time agonizing over all the things that can go wrong, but until you actually bring those to the surface, you're not dealing with them. So we deal with them. And What are some conversations? What's the worst thing somebody could say to you? I mean, the worst thing they could say is no way. But that's not so terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, commit. Yeah, the owner. And oh, let me say this. Pricing, the method of pricing is how you arrive at your price is an executive decision. It is not a decision that is made any place other than the owner CEO. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because the pricing method um, affects everything else you do. And I don't know if we'll have time for all that, but but um, it is not a decision made by the sales department or by the accounting firm or the CFO or the marketing person. It is an executive decision. The executive Mm -hmm. says from now on or starting now, we are beginning to implement value-based pricing. I am committed to that. And, And then with every objection, the CEO says, I'm committed and here's why. And it goes, you repeat it, you repeat it, you repeat it. You are going to have to repeat it a lot at the beginning. So the commit is the first phase. Then once the CEO is committed, 
then you have the preparation phase. Mm -hmm. And the preparation phase involves looking at your own work. Okay, so here's another question that people often say, well, where do I get the price from, the value-based price? You get it from your own history of work. So my prepare methodology is um, there's four steps, and uh, at the end I'll give you a, a, a URL where you can find it. But um, it's four steps that start by looking at your own work, your recent past work, not years ago, but the last 12 months gives you a very good idea of what people are paying for whatever value it is that you're delivering. So talk about reframing. You might have a project, let's say a web designer says, you know, I did a, a project for uh, an e-commerce site. And so that's the thing you delivered. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they paid us by the hour to, to make that site. I found then the owner, the provider, the web designer finds out that it's working really well for the e-commerce site. And they've made, let's just put up a number, a hundred thousand dollars, you know, just like that. So the, Web designer says, okay, that website, which took a certain amount of time and effort and produced $100,000 worth of sales for this client that they never had before, by the way. Right. Um, so we're going to give that a value of, you know, on a scale of one to 10, maybe an eight. And you go through your different work and you, this is gut from the at the beginning, but it doesn't stay that way. So don't get nervous. Uh, <laughs> It, and, and you go through all your recent projects and you just do that, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how, what's the value here? And through the process, a couple more steps, you get to where what you come to what I call the fee to value ratio. Mm -hmm. So anything that is a nine or a 10 in value to the client should have a fee that's at the high end of your range. I mean, we're not talking about charging, um, you know, charging for way beyond whatever it is that you're offering. I'm not saying that you put any number on it, but mm -hmm. given what you do offer and where that value lies, that's your higher fee. And you go down, you know, when you've got people who are getting something that's a value of five or six, that's a couple of notches down in terms of a fee. And so on. And then, you know, I recommend that you wipe out the lowest level and start focusing on the higher ones and then you get better than that. So there's always an up, there's the, the upward, the ceiling is there is no ceiling. Sky's the right. limit on value-based pricing. So those are the two first key steps. Then we look internally when you have adopted a value-based pricing, then your systems need to work with that. So if you've had a system of, tracking hours and billing by hours and that's not going to work for this. So you need a different system, mm -hmm. you know, and some other things like that, you'll get your accountant involved. But uh, the two beginning steps are the commit and the prepare. Yep. And then actually, let me say one other thing to address some other people's fear about, well, how do we talk with customers? Once we've gone through the internal systems adjustments, we'll spend some time on training the whole company, including the CEO, to everybody, no matter what their job is, gets introduced to the idea of the story of value-based pricing and yep. the kinds of conversations that you might have with people. How do you respond to objections? How do you not get sucked into responding to objections, but go back to what's the story and what's the benefit to them, the, the life-changing value? 
you know, if anything, people become a little bit sick of hearing me talk about life-changing value, but that's what makes the difference is when you talk about life-changing value. Yeah. And, um, and then the fifth step is actually what I call leveraging or growing because once you have made your high level clients really happy, they are going to introduce their friends or a circle to you and you're going to start with them at that level. You don't have to build yourself up. And that's where yep. growth comes from. So anyway, five yeah, I, I, I just love it. And, and I especially love that point you were making just a moment ago about bringing it inside the organization, immersing everyone in the story. Because again, whether it's about the pricing you're setting or the way that you're marketing, what you really need to do in your organization is have everybody on board and aligned with the story. Because when we're, when we're talking about the value, we're talking about the value that we're providing for our clients. And that's really at the heart of why we're in business. Right. And, and if your support people don't know that, and if your, if your operations people don't know that, and if your, uh, computer programmers or web designers don't know that, uh, then the, the, the organization is a little bit, um, disconnected, a yeah. lot disconnected. A lot. And, right. and so I love the fact that, that this is part of your process and, mm-hmm. and, just generally everything that you're describing is all about proactivity, not reactivity as, oh, as far as, far as pl- setting your prices, defining your value. Um, you know, the, the, the businesses that set hourly rates and are in that mode and are dealing with those budget uh, based, uh, those, those, those fixed budget uh, type of clients how many times, dear listeners, have you been in a situation where you say, all right, well, here's my hourly rate. And then they start asking the question, well, if we commit to this many hours, will you lower the rate? Or, or what, you know, um, if we, you know, uh, can you lower the rate? All these things and you're reacting and you're defensive and you haven't established that value. Everything you're talking about is getting ahead of the conversation. And that begs a really important question, Susan. You have implemented this for yourself and you have implemented this for your clients. How often does this dreaded pushback, oh no, no way, I'm not going to do it that way. How often when executed properly does value-based pricing blow up in the, in the business's face? If it's executed properly, it's very rare. Yeah. And I'll tell you a personal story from earlier this year. I had started working with a company who had um, probably a $100 million contract at stake. I mean, they were looking to win a lot of money, but they were very, they're a fairly new company and they were asking, you know, asked for my help. And I said, well, you know, you, you win a hundred million dollars. That's a lot of life changing value. Mm-hmm. And here's my fees, whatever. And the owner says, well, I want to pay by the hour. And I said, well, what is that going to, how is that going to help you? 
you know, try not to be defensive and not to be angry and not to be insulted, but to say, okay, so how would that help you? And, you know, he blustered and bluffed a few times, but he really couldn't say how it would help him win a hundred million dollar contract. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, when I do this work, now let me emphasize to everybody that a value-based fee, there is always a start and end date. Mm -hmm. If you are promising to deliver this life-changing value by a certain date, you know, or close. And so you don't want to ever include anything in your uh, agreements or contracts that is wishy-washy about the end date or you get paid upon completion The time is the time, Mm -hmm. and it's up to you as the expert to deliver in that period of time. So I knew, well, they had a deadline of uh, the time they had to submit to their customer. So that was the end date, start date, end date. And I said, within that period of time, I will do everything that you need. I have tons of experience doing this. I mean, tons. And there isn't anybody else they could find that would have my experience. And... And he's like, well, I want to control the cost. Like, you want to control the cost or do you want to control the outcome? I mean, do you want a better outcome or do you want to just worry about a few hours here or there? Oh, okay. So accepted my fee. And at the end, he said, this is really sort of funny. It sort of makes the point. He said, like, thank you for your patience with us. (laughs) Wow, that meant I, I... Re, I met with them and met with them and met with them and reworked their slides and talked to them about their proposal, their own value-based price over and over and over again because they really didn't want to get it. And in the end, if I had charged them by the hour, it would have been a crazy fee. That really had no point. And so he said, thank you for your patience. If If the clock had been ticking, he would not have been so willing to stick, you know, to stick with me. And I probably would like enough of this already. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really critical point that when you're on the hourly contract, you tend to pull on the reins a little bit because you don't want to give them that sticker shock of, oh, I work so many extra hours on this conversation. Yeah. And they're constantly pulling back the reins. No, we don't need to do that phone call. Let's do fewer phone calls. And as a result, the work product is constrained and the impact is lessened. Right. And, and so this is ultimately about win-win for right. your clients, for you. Everybody gets value. They pay a fair amount for that value. And, right. and it's, a, it's a win all the way around. So, Susan, how do people connect with you? Where can they find your stuff online or offline? And uh, what what uh, programs do you have in place that might be of interest to our audience? Okay, so everything that I have online that you that I pr- pretty much have ever written <laughs> is on the library page of my website. So my website is susantrivers.com. It's very easy. Had had that domain for my whole consulting career, twenty three years, and um, there's a lot of material. Some of it is, you know, was obviously dated, but I didn't choose to get rid of it. Just you know, but there's plenty of every I okay. So every week I post um, 
a post on my blog that is also uh, generally related to my weekly newsletter. So if you go to susantrivers.com, you'll see an opportunity to subscribe to my weekly newsletter, which I call Crack the Pricing Code. Mm -hmm. I address all things pricing for services businesses. And yeah, I've been doing this for years. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to think about. I try to do a little tiny bite every week um and then so you can you can subscribe to my newsletter you can read my blog which is you know posted in most recent to farther away so you can see the latest what i think is really cool on my website is that i have a search feature that's similar to google but it's just for my website so you could put profits in the search bar and it will give you all the articles i've ever written about profits and you mm -hmm. can read those to your heart's content um, as well as other things. So my website is really the headquarters of me and my company, Trivers Consulting Group. Mm -hmm. I have a profile on LinkedIn, Susan Trivers is on LinkedIn, and I invite anybody who is interested to connect with me. And one of the things that I uh, am really proud of is a book that I wrote a couple of years ago called Tinker. And the sub title is How Smart Business Owners Develop Creative Ideas for True Growth. Mm -hmm. And if I can just take a moment, um, in the middle 90s, I owned a small cafe and I had a hunch that I could increase my soup sales. And I did an experiment to test that hunch. And the experiment provided me with data and I poured over the data. This was in the days when you actually used a green spreadsheet, folks, and pencil. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I poured over the data and I selected the best selling soups of each of the three types we sold. And from then on, I sold 100% of our soups. We sold 100% of our soups every day. And I got this idea that if you have a hunch, it comes from your experience. It, I like to say it bubbles up from your experience. This is not something where you sat in a room with a whiteboard and you said, oh, what about this? And what about that? This is your lived experience tells you more than any outsider can possibly tell you. And even though I'm an outsider with consultant, you know, consulting with people. So trust your hunches. So that's the first step. Trust your hunches. Listen to them, write them down, say, oh, that's interesting. Then design a short experiment. My stoop experiment lasted three weeks is more than enough to test your hunch. And then look at your data, collect raw data. This is not sophisticated algorithms and you don't need big, um, you know, software and platforms and all that stuff for it. And then analyze your data and either go ahead with what you started or stop. Mm -hmm. But in either case, you've learned something by doing the experiment and testing your hunch and doing something. And so what was interesting in the, in the cafe was that I tested, I used the same experiment for some other food categories and I saw that some of them don't, didn't work and others worked beautifully, just like the soup. But then you learn, you know, well, why didn't they work? Well, I figured that out. And why did they work? I figured that out. So I could repeat that process again and again. This works for service providers too. I have done a while ago, I got this idea that I should, I could offer some, simple marketing packages mm -hmm. and it was based on the idea that your your company's value is mostly inside inside your box 
the, your customers, your current offerings, and your employees are the three most powerful assets that you have. And you don't need to go outside and get someone else's idea. You should look at what's going on inside. So I developed this marketing program to uh, leverage what's in the box. And to be honest, you know, I, I'm not known as a marketer. So what is she marketing for? So, <laughs> so it wasn't a great success. But I learned that, you know, I that's not my bailiwick and I should stay out of it and find other people who are real marketing experts. Mm-hmm. Um, did I, and, you know, I think about what did I gain? What did I lose? I gained way more than I lost. The loss was some time and a, a little bit of money to design, you know, the, the graphics and stuff like that. Sure. Totally worth doing. And I would say that, you know, it was after that, I'm like, you know, just, Go back to to revenue and value-based pricing because that's where you're good at. You all can do the same thing. Find, you know, test a hunch and either do it or don't do it. Um, So so that that book is is called Tinker. 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 And it's on Amazon. Um, You can just order it and you'll get it in a couple of days. And uh, if you have any questions afterwards, give me a call. I'm always happy to talk. And that's the other thing that I wanted to mention, Tom, is that I do um, offer a complimentary phone call. Um, I've been calling it a starter call because I want you to think that if you call me, it's not going to be me selling you something for 35 minutes or asking you 100 questions and then trying to sell you something. It's going to be, well, what's on your mind? How can I help you? And if you give me, have a question or ask for some help, I will give you some help right then and there and help you get started solving your problem. So you're welcome and, to... Um, yeah, how, do, how do people get uh, signed up for a call like that? So there's a link on my website to a calendar. Uh, if you don't like a calendar program, which is totally fine, then you can email me. My, my email address is susan at susantrivers.com. It's on the website too. Or you can uh, call me. My phone number's on my website as well. Uh, text. Text always works. And so text start to me and I will get back to you really fast and we can get started. So excellent. excellent. Yeah. Any other parting thoughts, Susan, before we call it a day? I want to say, I think that I we didn't really talk about the kinds of companies. We talked about the kinds of companies, but the size of companies. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I would really like to say that that what I do, my sweet spot is a company that's approaching a million dollars in revenue or up to and up to about $10 million in revenue. And that I have had hundreds of those companies be my clients and everyone or the majority can go so far as to double their revenue in a year or two, maybe three, depends on the size. You know, the bigger you are, the harder it is to double. So if you're a small company, it's pretty easy actually to double with value-based pricing. Yep. And um, so don't don't wait. I mean, the thing about, and I think you're like me too, Tom, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, that we love the small businesses who are working hard, whose owners are passionate about what they do, their expertise and their knowledge. They're continually getting better because they want to serve their clients. And those are the companies that I love to work with. And here's the thing. When you are continually getting better, you can and deserve to be earning more money. Absolutely. 
So Amen to that, Susan. And and right. I would note also that even if you are not in that range, a million to ten million, all of the principles that we're talking about today, knowing the story, articulating the value, sharing it across the organization, pricing based on value, not just on an hourly rate, all of those principles apply. So plug in to what Susan is saying on her website, buy the book and learn from her. And you will grow to that point where you're a million to $10 million company. And then when you need to adjust what you're doing and some further consulting, you know, Susan's, uh, Susan's a great person to call at that point. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So Susan, thank you so much. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. I knew we would. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back with you sometime down the road. I hope that everybody who was listening today got as much out of this as I did. And I look forward to crossing paths with you again down the road. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business-building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 